In this episode of Life Change Secrets, we're going to go all the way to Australia, via internet that is, <laughs> and talk to an ex-colleague of mine, Rosanna Yakono, who recently formed a company together with two partners called The Growth Activists. I really wanted you to hear her story of transition from the corporate world into what she's doing today so that you hear another perspective other than mine. And I'm sure that in that story, there are so many great little nuggets that might help you in your quest for change, both in your personal and in your professional life. And so right after this, we're going to get right to the interview, all the way from Australia. Are you ready for a change and to finally do something about that feeling inside of you that says you have a different calling in life? To finally go after that dream or dust off that project you've been thinking of creating but still haven't done anything about yet? Do you need some support, direction, or motivational words from someone who has been there and who understands you? Well, if so, you've come to the right place. This podcast is a place to find inspiration for those who want to take control and change their lives for the better. Welcome to Life Change Secrets. Here's your host, Tony. Great. I'm so happy to have you guys all here today. I have a special guest. Her name is Rosanna Yakono, an ex-colleague. She is a member of the Growth Activists in uh, Australia, and uh, I'd like to welcome you today, Rosanna. Thank you, Anthony. I'm so excited to, to be on your podcast. I'm very pleased to be your guest. And I'm happy to have you here. And so maybe just for those who may, you know, may not have heard of you before or you may not know you, could you just maybe just talk about, you know, a little bit about who you are, um, what you do, and how you got to this point in your life? Yeah, sure. Uh, so my role at the moment, I'm the managing partner of a small consulting business called The Growth Activists, and we basically do business strategy as well as marketing implementation. So, um, you know, very we're different from the big strategic consultancies because we're very nimble and agile and get things done very quickly. And we're also all people who have actually worked in industry, so we get stuff done in a very pragmatic way. Um, so that's our real point of difference in the market. Uh, but I've only formed this business with my business business partners two years ago and prior to that I worked in corporate for a very very long time uh, I actually started my career at Nike with you yes yeah my first real job out of university um, after finishing university in Australia I moved to Italy a lot of Australians want to get a, get out of Australia for a year or two and work overseas and so I had this dream that I was going to go work for Armani in Milan and that didn't work out but I did get a job interview with Nike and then the rest was history so I started working with Nike Italy and um, started out as a field merchandiser and then from there became the apparel uh, merchandising manager where I got to select the collection for the country and price it and do all those amazing things and then from there, I went to the European headquarters in Amsterdam, where I was, uh, I was a product manager. And towards the end of my tenure there, ten, 10 years later, I was running business units, um, still in apparel. So that was really my kind of key area. And I had an amazing time at Nike and learned so much because it's such an innovation-driven company. And then I went across to Levi's and I worked for Levi's for about four years at the European headquarters 
headquarters in Brussels and I ran a global business unit as well as a regional business unit and that was that was interesting very different to Nike very different you know not an innovation driven business compared to Nike very <laughs> antiquated in many ways but um, and it was in decline whilst I was there so I had to learn all these new skills like how to motivate people in a declining environment so very very different um, and then after that I came back to Australia I'd been away from Australia for a very long time sort of 15 years and I landed in private equity so it's really tough you know when you work in this really cool environment in Europe um, at the European headquarters or in the global headquarters and you've got all of this responsibility and then you go back to a tiny market like Australia and you think oh what am I going to do next <laughs> and private equity seemed like a really interesting challenge to me it was something and that's a little bit sort of I guess a hallmark of my career I've also always had a, a bit of a growth mindset and it was always okay let let me challenge myself and try to do something a little bit different. And so what I learned in private equity was really how to prepare businesses for sale. Um, you know, private equity guys, they buy a business and they want to really flip it in three to five years. They want to maximize the growth. They want to make that, you know, that um, prospectus look really fantastic. And so I took all of the skills that I'd learned at Nike and Levi's and had to concentrate them really, really hard in a short period of time to sort of build these businesses for sale. So that was an awesome experience. Um, and I, I ended up in a number of C-suite roles. Um, so I was the chief brand officer and chief operating officer of another business. Um, and I've stayed in retail and consumer goods pretty much, you know, in the C-suite for the last 10 years. Um, but I also came to a point Anthony, where I, you know, I kind of, it was really interesting. A couple of things happened. I, I became a mum. I joined a couple of not-for-profit boards. So I really started to think about, you know, corporate and social responsibility. And I also just started having a bit of a, a rejection around some of the stuff that I was doing, particularly in my last corporate job. It was for a furniture company, one of Australia's coolest and, you know, best known brands, much loved brand. But there was always this feeling that we were pushing stuff to people that they didn't really need. Yeah. Um, and we weren't really looking after all the stakeholders. And so I began to sort of fall a little bit out of love with consumer goods. Um, and what I discovered also over the years is that, I really loved helping people. Um, at the beginning, when I first started managing people, I was terrible at it. I was really, really bad at it and I didn't understand it, but it ended up becoming the thing that I loved the most, leading and coaching teams um, and helping teams achieve fantastic things. So, um, I, you know, that was really a skill set that I developed and also driving a lot of innovation in businesses. So I started to think about, well, how do I combine all of those skills and take everything I've learned and help others and that's that was one of the reasons we formed the growth activists so it was me and my business partners coming together and one of the big things that differentiates us is the fact that we do purpose-led strategy so it's all about helping companies understand their bigger societal purpose get all of their employees aligned and making sure that they have the right individual purpose and that they're in the right place um, and that's kind of what we do so 
I, I think I wanted to be an entrepreneur for a really long time and I was really scared to do it. I, I didn't trust myself that I could do it. Um, and I'm not going to lie and say that it's been easy. It's really hard when you're on the other side. But that's what I'm doing now. And, you know, we're growing modestly in, you know, in a tough market. But I love what I do every day. So mm. sorry if that was long-winded. but No, yeah, no, that, that was really interesting, especially for our listeners here because you know the podcast is about life change secrets and uh, while I always the, the secrets part is uh, sometimes it's not necessarily big secrets that nobody knows but it's secrets for a lot of people because they don't know these things and a lot of times we limit ourselves to thinking that we have to stay where we are we can't change you know and sometimes we're listening to too much noise outside and not really listening to our hearts and, and what our hearts are telling us that we should be doing. And um, so when you first decided to, to go from, you know, being a manager to an entrepreneur, what was that like? Like you said, you, it was kind of scary, but what was it, you know, t- talk us a little bit through what that was like, you know, because I told my story about when I decided to leave Nike and how it was really lonely because I couldn't find anybody out there who, who understood where I was coming from. Why would you want to do that? You got everything that you could possibly want, you know? What was it like for you? Yeah. Um, it was terrifying. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was really scary because I knew, because in the last 10 years I'd had all of these C-level jobs, mm-hmm. um, I knew that I was really good at corporate, you know, that I could operate in that environment really well. And it was definitely a, a, a challenge, a, I guess a personal challenge. I I was putting myself on the line, and I had to make myself vulnerable. Um, and you know, all of those fears kick in: fear of rejection, fear of judgment. Uh, when you're going into this sort of uncharted territory, you know, into this new space, um, you know, you you lose your confidence, and you've got mm-hmm. to rebuild it again. So that was probably the thing that I struggled with the most. Mm-hmm. Can I really do this? And are people going to think I'm credible? And who am I to think that I can compete against the big uh, consultants that are already out there? Um, and I think it is about self-belief ultimately. And, uh, and it's about saying, well, hey, I've got this track record and I've done these things really well and I've been recognised for these things that I've done really well. And um, I have to believe in myself, you know, and that I can actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I learned a few years ago, I, I really love um, Simon Sinek, you know, who uh, mm-hmm. talks about yes. uh, finding finding a why and, you know, yes. putting the why at the centre of things. And that's, that's something I really believe in. Um, but, you know, reading some of his stuff and reading some other stuff, I'm really into the conscious capitalism movement, which is all about making lots of money but doing good for others at the same time. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, one of the things that I discovered is that you've got to find this really great overlap between what am I really good at? What have I done really well? What am I passionate about? And, um, and where, where can I have impact? And if you can find the right space for those three things to overlap, you know, capability, passion and impact, then, you know, you can get some, you know, you find, you found your purpose, you found the right place for you to mm-hmm. be. And that's what it was for me. So it was saying, you know what, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And I've got to have the confidence to just get out there and start doing it. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, the way I, we got 
our start in the business, and I do have two business partners, so there's three of us, it was really tapping into our existing network. And even that was uncomfortable, you know, calling people that, you know, you'd previously dealt with in a very different way, uh, where maybe they were your supplier, and, you know, and now you're asking them for work and saying, hey, do you have any projects? You know, do you have any problems that you need solved? How are you going with your marketing? Do you need help with it? And so that was also really uncomfortable, uh, but something that I had to overcome in order to to make the business um, be successful. So yeah, it's not easy. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. (laughs) No, and and, uh, I'm really glad you you talked about that. And I really like the the part about, you know, find what you're good at, what you're passionate about, and can how you can make impact in people's lives, how you can help people. And uh, because you, you mentioned that because I was listening very carefully, uh, you were talking about, you know, one of the things that you loved was helping people and helping people to grow. At first, you weren't very good at it, you said, but then you learned that and that mm-hmm. ended up being one of the things that you loved to do the most. Um, so you loved managing people. You were good at also and loved, about, loved innovation. And, you know, the, the thing that I love about what, how you describe your business is you, is you say that it's purpose-led. And uh, that is such a key driver, people. It is. When you find your purpose, it, w- it is such a liberating thing. It just, it just makes everything so much better. I just, that's the way I think. Absolutely. Life is too short to yeah. be working in, in, your, in, in a space that, that you're not in love with. You know, it's just um, you have to wake up every day and feel excited to go and do your job and excited about the people you work with and that you feel like you're actually making a difference and I think that's a really big thing I think you know so many people don't and they probably suffer from the same fears that I suffered you know fear of fear of failure fear of rejection fear of judgment you know to make that move into something that they're passionate about but you know life's too short and I I think we're so lucky that we live in an era where you can reinvent yourself you know it's not like Mm-hmm. 20, 30, 40 years ago, you know, like our parents' generation, you were in one career for life. Mm-hmm. You know, you can reinvent yourself multiple times. There's so many ways to learn and grow. There's all these online resources and online training um, and things that you can do to upskill yourself. But I think it's also about saying, you know, just just because, say, you know, you work in, I don't know, engineering, but you're really, really good at managing and leading and growing people there's no reason why you can't take that aspect of what you've done and turn that into a into a completely different career so um yeah i i just think you know we're we're very lucky that we live in an era where personal reinvention is possible so much more than ever before yeah you know i'm gonna take this moment because of something that we talked about before many of the people who are my listeners have been listening to me and tell my story and about why I made this change. And one of the things I said, I, I used to manage people and I loved helping people to grow. And then I, one day, as much as I love Nike and how Nike is still in my heart today, I'll be honest, I asked myself, what if I could do this all the time, every day, just that? And so that's why I wanted you to just briefly, just really briefly, Tell the listeners what you told me about how you perceived me back then when we were talking about the Stephen Covey thing and what you thought about me 
And and I because I want to make that connection for people to hear that from somebody else about why I do what I do today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, look, the, my biggest memory of you, Anthony, at, at Nike was when you were leading workshops with people. And I'll never forget the seven habits and, you know, the Stephen Covey stuff. Mm-hmm. Those works, you were passionate, mm-hmm. um, but you were effective. You know, you were in your element. It, mm-hmm. it, it's a gift. You know, it was an absolute gift. And I'm so glad that you took that and you turned that into your career. Mm-hmm. You know, life's too short to be worrying about sales targets when what you can be putting 100% of your time into is is helping people grow. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, you know, I have, you, you were amazing at everything that you did. You were, you know, you were an incredibly, you know, very much admired leader. I think at Nike Um, but I think the thing that is most memorable for me is that ability to light the spark in people and get them to grow Mm -hmm. and see and so for all of you out there this was not a plug to you know to show to for everybody to see how great I am but I just want to show you that if you have something that you are passionate about and that you are good about that you are good at and people keep telling you that and you get you get that kind of feedback and you really love it, like, like Rosanna was saying. You know you're good at it. You love it. You're passionate about it. Why can't you make that your career? Why not? Why can't you do that? And like, like Rosanna was saying, it, yeah, it's scary. It was scary for me too. You know, from, from, becoming, from being a manager, the way I like to say it is, you know, you're a manager and you have, you might even be a, a, a top manager, but you have a framework inside of which you have to work. So it's already set up for you. You just have to manage it. You know, you have to bring your own ideas and all that, but it's already set. When you are an entrepreneur, you have to set up everything by yourself. You have to go get your own customers. You know what I mean? You don't, you have to get up in the morning. You got, you can't be laying around and playing around on social media and minding other people's business. You got to be minding your own business, right? That is so true. That is so true. Every minute you're not productive, you're not making money. (laughs) So that concludes the first part of the interview that I did with Rosanna Yakono of the Growth Activists. You're going to want to make sure that you don't miss the second part because that's where it's really going to get even more interesting. And we're going to talk about what people need to do to get out of this situation that we're in right now in April of and May of 2020 to turn their lives back around. Because if you don't do something, then you know, you're just going to end up having to wait and see what happens. And that's just not a good scenario. Not in my book, it's not. And I know it's not in Rosanna's either. So she's got some really interesting things to talk about, especially with regard to digitizing your business. Stay tuned.